new heavens and a new earth. So it's clearly telling us that the universe and the, and the creation is like a fabric. We're interdependent. It is the interweaving of all things over, around, and through. What has happened is sin has entered the world. And as sin has entered the world, sin has woven itself into every fabric of life. Sin is decay, sin is destruction, sin is dysfunction. Well, why would God allow it? God is not allowing anything. Sin has created the interweaving into the fabric of the universe. This is why sharks bite, okay? This is why marriages can't function. This is why people march against each other and go to war. This is why our bodies decay and break apart and break down because sin has entered and woven itself into every fabric of the creation. Hmm? What has he called us to do? I got a message for you. He has called us to weave the restorative fabric of the kingdom of God into every sphere of life. We are to create shalom. What does it look like? I know this is a big concept. What does it look like? Restore the fabric spiritually, emotionally, physically, and socially. How do we do that? Naturally and supernaturally. We lay hands on the sick. We restore the fabric. We build hospitals. It's not either or, it's and. We restore people emotionally. People have dysfunctions emotionally. We have breakdowns emotionally. We help people emotionally, physically, and spiritually. We do inner healing, and we do external things. We restore the fabric uh, socially, naturally and supernaturally. It's the distribution of kingdom resources into the areas where the fabric is torn or missing. There's lots of areas in our world where the fabric is torn and missing. When you have issues inside of yourself emotionally, that is not, and you have the absence of shalom. I don't know if you're aware of this, but like you feel like I'm coming unraveled. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're coming unraveled because there's something disturbed within you emotionally. When you feel like everything's well, you feel like you have what? Peace. Everything's going well. Everything's interconnected. So that's the problem. We can see the differentiations there. We see it systemically across the board. We have systems that are supposed to function one way, but they don't because sin has woven itself into the systems in our world. We're to thread the kingdom. Say it with me. Thread the kingdom. I'm just giving you a concept. I want you guys to at least just get the concept. Next slide. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the what? Sons and daughters. We talk a lot about being sons and daughters. This is really big with us. But the church, this is the modern language, which is fine. I believe the Spirit is moving on sons and daughters. But do we know what it means? Do we have the first idea what it means to be a son and a daughter? I've talked to Christians. Like, what's it? They're like, man, we're just sons and daughters. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, sister. But what does it mean? Well, we're just, we're just basking in the presence of a good, good father. True. But what else does it mean? I don't know. So how do we know what our identity is and how do we know what our purpose is if we don't, have, if we don't understand what he's asking of us or what he's telling us we are? Blessed are those who bring shalom. They are the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who interweave the fabric of the kingdom spiritually and naturally. They are the sons and daughters. You see that? There's an obligation upon the sons and daughters. There's an obligation for us to rightfully represent our father. And where the Lord decrees, my son, my daughter, is when we begin to weave the fabric of the kingdom naturally and supernaturally, and we begin to bring transformative change spiritually and naturally. Sons and daughters. We get this? I know it's a big concept. I know I'm I'm probably talking to you guys in a way that 
um, maybe not, but also it says this. There's no, there, here, here's, the, here's the injustice of indifference. Lord, when did we see you sick? When did we see you as a stranger? When did we see you in all of these ways and not, not serve you? And Jesus said, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. That could go off from a ministry standpoint, you know. There's lots of people who are hurting and need and all this other stuff. And we're to interweave our lives one to the other. This is why community matters, because we're, we're to interweave. This is why we do life groups. We do life groups, not because we've got nothing else to do. But you are responsible to interweave your life into the life of another. You say it's dysfunctional. You dang straight it's dysfunctional. Welcome to the family. You say it's messy. Yep, it's pretty messy too. Yeah, it gets messy. But we are still, nonetheless, to interweave our lives one to the other. You say, I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, neither does anybody else. Not knowing what we're supposed to do has, is not an excuse. If you look at the parable of the talents, the guy didn't know what he was doing, and Jesus did not accept it as an excuse when he buried it. He didn't accept that excuse. It's important. He expects you to do something with what he's given. Oh, here we go. I knew I was going to have something in there. We have an opportunity. So we're doing something. You guys haven't heard me talk about this in a while because we've been working on it. I've been, everybody's been working in different phases of this. If you heard me talk at the first of the year, our goal was to start a school this year. So where are we with this? Why is the purpose of the school? It's crazy how all this works out. I meet with this landlord yesterday, and then my message today is shalom because it's just kind of how it all fell. I was like, oh, wow, that's wild. We have an opportunity to create a school for underserved kids. That sounds like shalom. That sounds like bringing fabric where there is no fabric. That sounds like weaving the kingdom where there is no kingdom. Correct? We have functional illiteracy in our country. I don't know if you're aware of this either. I forget what it is. One in seven adults cannot read. Yeah, functionally illiterate. One in seven. And we haven't even gotten a spiritually, just spiritually illiterate. Emotionally illiterate. Can I get a witness there? So we have spiritually, emotionally, and and, uh, just academically illiterate people. And from an education standpoint, illiteracy leads to poverty. Spiritual literacy, or understanding the things of the spirit, leads to spiritual prosperity. Spiritually literacy, or not understanding the spirit, things of the spirit, leads to spiritual poverty. Emotional literacy, or understanding how the emotions work and what's right, what's wrong, and how to deal with it, leads to emotional prosperity. Not understanding or understanding how the emotions work is emotional illiteracy, and it leads to emotional poverty. We get the picture? And so it's the same thing. It, does, it has a lot more to do with reading and writing. You know, reading and writing, we can see the same thing. Kids that can't read, the opportunities for them in the marketplace are the opportunities. I think it's a 300% chance of success for kids who actually are literate. Their success rate goes up exponentially. And it creates a cycle of despair and dysfunction. When people don't follow Jesus within a household, it creates a cycle of despair and dysfunction spiritually. When people don't deal with their emotional junk and begin the process of healing and begin the process of emotional transformation, it creates a cycle of despair and destruction. Some of us are products of homes that were, we were raised in emotionally dysfunctional people. They loved us, but they were emotionally dysfunctional. If you're a Christian, you need to know this. The line ends here. It ends with you. Right? We're, not going to, we're, not, we're, not, we're not visiting this upon another generation as far as I'm concerned. You know, it ends with me. Right here. We have a systemic problem, and we're called to do something about it. I don't know if you know that. We're called to do something about it. I'm going to share with you guys a little heartbreak. Can I share with you a little bit of thing that bothers me? Yeah. 
Maybe it doesn't bother you, but it bothers me. Okay? I'm going to say it because it's just, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm debating. Holy Spirit's like, say it. I'm like, am I sure I'm supposed to say it? We have churches that have a lot of property in our city, and we have churches um, that have had schools. And what has been the trend for probably the last five years now is that the, 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 the churches that have had schools, including Catholic schools, because Catholics were always known for at least having a school. Remember that? Some of y'all went to Catholic school, right? And, but we've had non-denom Christians, we've had denominational Christians, and we've had even the Catholics that have had schools. They've stopped doing their schools, and they're now renting them to charter schools. It's across the board. I mean, it's not just one place, it's another place. And somebody says, well, that helps the bottom line. I understand it from, an, from a financial standpoint. I get it. You're going to give us $250,000 a year to rent this school. Awesome. So we get to take the money, and we don't, we, don't, we don't have to have any of this responsibility. Yeah, so that's what's happening. Problem is, these secular schools are not educating them in the spirit. They're not educating them in the scripture. They're not educating them in any other way. And if you've ever been to a secular school, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. They're not really giving them much of anything, okay? And I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying anything like that. They serve a purpose, but they do not fulfill the mandate that is upon the, upon the church. And when the church pulls itself from these areas and we release it, albeit we are saying silver and gold we, ha we, we have now, no more can we say rise up and take up your bed and walk. While we sell out certain things, we relinquish our mandate. We have a mandate to do something. And one of the mandates that's on us and I'm not saying I just come from a pastor and he's up uh, Lake City. This guy, I just said to myself, I told my wife, I go, I need to up my game. This church, we, not just me, I need to lead. I need to lead. I'm like, this dude's doing all kinds of stuff, man. He's got a, he's got a, uh, a home for uh, aging, uh, what do they call that? Elderly care or whatever they, I don't know if I got the right word. What is it? Assisted living. Assisted living. He said he started it with 10 beds, 10 beds, small thing, started with 10 beds. And he told the Lord, for every nine that pay, I'm going to give one away. And so the church seeded it, got it going, and now it's in operation. He has 72 beds now. 72! He's had offers of almost $3 million to buy the operation. He said he's got about a half a million dollars in seed money invested in it. The church does. And he's had offers of almost $3 million. And he said, I won't sell it. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's got seven people that can't afford to have assisted living, living there for free. He's, he's down there and he's doing a homeless shelter. He's doing a transitional living shelter for veterans. That's what he's in the process of doing right now. He said, there's a VA hospital in my town. And he said, the veterans come to the VA hospital and they sleep in the woods. He said, they have nowhere to go. And he said, he got a phone call. A guy was driving underneath the bridge. And, or he's driving and he saw a bunch of homeless guys. He said, hey, uh, pastor, you know, you ever thought about doing anything for the homeless? And he said, I was literally outside of this building looking at it, thinking, I, where am I going to get the money? And long story short, the guy comes to him a week later, sees the building with him, gives him a check for $450,000 and says, do the building. So he's in the process of renovating it for a shelter. He has a homeless shelter, or he has a transitional housing shelter. Come on. <laughs> he has a transitional living house for unwed mothers. My wife was like, the dude was driving us all over town. I mean, we're following him in, the car, in his truck, and we're like, all right, oh, we're going over here, and he's showing us all this stuff. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you want to go see this? I'm like, yeah. And, he's, and he shows us all this, and I'm like, what? It's kingdom. It's kingdom. That's right. 
He has daycares. He says, I minister to people from cradle to the grave. Well, there's a concept. And he's not even, he just told me when we were in the, in the assisted living, he said, this requires so much focus. This requires so much administration. This requires so much revenue. And he said, but the Lord has said to do it. So we're going to do it. And he told me he had an offer. He said, I could, we could net $2 million. All I got to do is call the guy up. He said, the guy's called me a hundred times. He wants me to, wants to sell it. I said, but I won't do it. When we vacate our kingdom responsibilities, there comes a gap in the world because nobody's going to do it like spirit-filled believers. You understand that? This guy's spirit-filled, so he's not walking by what natural concepts come to him. He hears the spirit, and the Lord says, do that, and he does it. And he don't know where it's coming from. It just happens. We're creating a school. Next slide. We're in a process. I'm going to tell you where we're at, and then I'm going to tell you where the miracles are. <laughs> 2014. Math and science testing. Private schools finished six. This is international math and testing. American private schools finished six. Public schools finished 19th. Christian private schools were ranked in the highest in testings. They ranked highest in ethics and behavioral, equality of ethnicity in Christian schools. Their gaps in achievement are most equal to in Christian schools. I'm just stuff that I wrote down. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just reading it. Um, what is it we're trying to do? We're going to train and equip future leaders in the knowledge and the mindset of the kingdom. One of the things that we want to do with the school, the school is to say, everybody say, it's going to happen. Going it is inevitable. Okay, it is inevitable. <laughs> it's like two of me. I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, this is going to happen. We want to teach kids how to think. We want to teach them the gospel. We want to teach them the spirit. We want to teach them a mindset. Academics, redemptive art, kingdom and cultural renewal through the spirit. We want to graduate world changers. World changers. Not Christians who know more than, I know more than you. I went to a private school. Not interested in that. I want kids that will change the world. Next slide. Okay, so this is the building. Yeah, right? Hello. I met with a landlord yesterday. So I haven't talked about it. We had it just to give you guys a little bit of a, a rundown. Is, am, I, am I right on my time? Is it 20 after? Is it 20 after or am I over? I don't know if my watch is right. Okay, we're good. All right, I'm good. So we saw this building. We were negotiating on another property for about, I don't even know. But we, had to, we were back and forth. We had come to a agreement in principle, and uh, we had checked everything. And so we were under the impression that we could do it there. But in, as wisdom would have it, I hired the church, not me. The church hired an attorney. We hired a zoning attorney to look into everything for us. So the last building, the city came back to us and for no apparent reason told us we couldn't do it. Well, it, one of the reasons was we, we had no bordering residential. So the school zoning has to have bordering residential. There has to be houses around it. And, our, and the houses were one block removed. And so even though we couldn't do a school, they, in, the, in the listing it said we could do a school of the arts. I was like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make a school of the arts, man. And so we went into that whole process and tried to make that, shove that down the lane, and it didn't happen. It fell apart. Then we had another property that we had, potentially, seemed interesting to us. And it was an old church, whatever, long story short, but they voted and they didn't want us. So it's okay. I know. Isn't it wonderful? They're Christ scientists. Hank said they're too much in their head. That's why they didn't do it. They thought about it too much. So anyway, this building, we just kind of fell in our lap. We're driving by. Brand new construction. It's 10,000 square feet. It's on 268. So it's in our target zone. It's two miles from the Homestead Air Force Base. Somebody asked me yesterday, why are you guys doing it down south? Well, statistically, 70% of households from, I think it's... Uh, 
I think it's 152, it might be a little north, but 152 south, seven out of 10 households have kids. This area, so you know, only four out of 10 households have kids. So we're, we gotta go where we, we, we're going where we feel like we have the optimum amount of success. The goal ultimately is to do two or three of these. That's the goal. So this is the building, it's brand new construction. Um, I went to the, met the guy yesterday and uh, he told me, they told me what they wanted for it. And I went there and I brought an offer and I told Sherry what I was gonna bring. She's like, he's not gonna do that. He's not gonna do that. And I'm like, okay. Because what's happening here is we're moving towards our window. Our window keeps getting smaller and smaller. And I've been backing up going, do you want us to do it this year? Do you want us to do it this year? And I keep feeling the Lord going, push, push. And so I told Jesus, I'm going to keep going until we get a no. I'm going to keep going until there is no more, that we can go no further. And so I went in there and I offered the guy. And uh, first he was a little shocked. He should be. And then... Uh, when I, but the accountant walked me downstairs because I back, what I did was I backloaded the lease. And so we need, all, we need a lot of concessions in the first two years to establish the school. And so the, the, we backloaded it to where the in, a lot of the escalations and a lot of the rent's going to come on the, on the last three years. And I told Tom, if, if by the third year we don't know what we're doing, we need to go find something else. All right. So, you know, so that's the goal. And, but so we, we're, we have an agreement in principle. Nothing's been finalized at all, but this is the property. We have a lot of things that we have to meet. Not less than next slide. You can throw the next slide up there. It's another picture. This is just the side of the building. So we have all this. We can use all of this as green space. So for the school, it's, it's a little bit more urban, but we'll have green space, so we'll be able to have an area for the kids, and we can actually go one stop further where those parking lot things are. We can go beyond that. So we have all that's been permitted. I don't think the Dorito truck comes with it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I was wondering that. But anyway, so all of this, we can put grass. We're gonna, there's going to be a fence and all of this stuff. This is the potential. This is where we're at. So where are we? Say, okay, so we're going to launch a school on $110,000. That's nothing. You ever tried to launch anything on $100,000? You can't launch anything. Next slide. Where are we at? I've got about $60,000 pledged. We need $110,000. So we're $50,000 short. And when do we need the money? As soon as possible. <laughs> What are we saying? Big and small, we need it all. It is an opportunity for substantial change. And so the way that we're going to do it is like it looks like this. You can give to it. We'd love for you to give to it. We're accumulating the money into it. But if you have a large amount of money and you don't want to part with it and you want to loan it, we can do that too. So anything over 10 grand, you say, look, I can give you whatever X amount. I can give you all of it, but I need it back. But we're going to repay. We, can, we have the potential. We are going to repay it out of the, the operating costs of the school. The issue isn't that the school, just to give you numbers, it's a cash flow number of about a million dollars in cash flow by the second year. What this is, is it's a game changer socially, it's a game changer from a family standpoint, it's a game changer from a ministry standpoint, it's a game changer across the board. So if you guys ever wanted to do anything that partnered with it, you know, partnered with something great, this is our opportunity. So we're here, we have this much, we can meet the window. I'm confident we can meet the window. We can get the school operational and up by the end of August. The first year of the school might be a little bit not what we want. It might be a different version, but year two, we're gonna get it. And year three, we're gonna, I expect the school to be fully online with everything that we want. So we're gonna build into it. This is the goal. So this is the obstacle that we face right now. We have other obstacles, but our greatest obstacle right now is financial. I just made a phone call yesterday, guy gave me 10 grand. I was expecting more, but he just bought a bar. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> I'm not lying. 
<laughs> so anyway, what I want you guys to do is I want you to pray about it. We want you to ask the Lord about it. Whatever you can do, we, we need you to do it. And uh, if you have any questions and you want to give specifically to the school and you want to you do that, you can, on the offering, I, I don't know if we have cards over there, but if you want to fill out a connection card and you want to give, you say, I'm interested in giving, I can, you know, or if you, anything that you're interested in, anything you're interested in partnering with. If you want to know a little bit more about, about if you have a, a good amount of money and you want to be able to give it, you say, hey, look, I need this back for other reasons. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not offended by that, you know, at all. I mean, we just need to get this thing moving. So I just want to put that out there. Fill out one of the connection cards, write that on it, and uh, somebody will get, get back to you. But this is, again, it's an area that we can do, and it's something that can be done. And I expected the guy to tell me no yesterday, and he didn't. So I gave him every reason to tell me no, and he didn't. So here's where we're, here's where we're at. Anybody excited? Anybody freaked out? You're like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. So I just want you to pray about it. Once you check it out, see what you got, see what you don't got. Nobody does business with Jesus and breaks even. We are obligated. Netflix isn't changing the world, but this will change a community. I'm telling you. This is on a main road. This is actually an upgrade from the last building we were looking at. We're sitting on a main road. Four lanes right in front of the school. The whole area is surrounded by houses. It's the whole area is our demographic because the school is based on underserved kids. Families of four making under 60,000 get a 100% scholarship. In what world? If you know anything about private schools, that does not happen. This doesn't happen. So it's a great opportunity. We're sitting right on top of our demographic. We're on a main road, front and center. Brand new construction. I mean, really? What else do we need, you know? So I just want you guys to pray about it. I want you to pray about it. You can't do everything, but you can do something. All right? So let's just, let me bless you this morning. Let me just put this on you. Father, we just thank you so much. We believe where you're going. We believe what you're doing. It is faith. It is faith. I just share this with you guys. I feel like we're attacking the Death Star, and we got to hit, we gotta hit that, that, that little window there, man. That's how I feel. This is faith. It is complete and total faith. And so, Father, without faith, it is impossible to please you. For they that come to you must believe that you are who you say you are and that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. And, God, I believe you have put it on us in order that we as a family and we as a community can go together into this. And I believe it is something that we can all behold even in future years as we see the fruit of what you will bring about through this work. We can say, I was a part of that. I saw that happen. I watched that happen. I was there. My hands were involved. As Peter said, eyewitnesses of his majesty. Lord, this is what we want. This is what we seek you for. As a community, let's say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, help me out. We call forth all that is needed and more. Reign of heaven, fall. Abundance of God, come forth in Jesus' name. Say this with me. Every mountain that needs to be moved, get out of the way. Everything that needs to happen, we command you to happen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. God loves you. We love you. Have a good week.